The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the people involved and do not reflect the official policy or position of any employer, institution, or agency. us last week but we had a lot going on so we couldn't uh we couldn't make it to the microphone but we're here now so we, we, we are gonna, here we hopefully, missed you guys yeah we're hopefully gonna make up for uh everything we missed last what week what does that even mean how are we gonna make up <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know what we missed what did we miss can somebody gotta tell us what we missed i, I don't feel like i missed anything i feel like it's been a, a quiet week for what's going on in society but you know if we if we did miss something hit us up we'll talk about it you know what have you been up to? Not much, and you, man. With your busy self. I've just been working, working, trying to make this money, make this overtime. Make uh, all that money to support all these kids. Yeah, these kids is starting to add up. It, it sounded good at two, but when you get three kids, it starts to take a burden on you. So yeah, I keep I've been... telling you, take it to four. Oh, why don't you have one? And then we can put them all together and we'll have four. No, no, I want to add my four to your four, no. like, like Uno. That's not how it works. <laughs> That's not how Uno works either. <laughs> That is not how Uno Have works. Have you seen all those memes, like the R. Kelly memes? I don't know why that's supposed to be so funny. The no yeah, you sent me that. I don't find that. Though. I don't really understand, funny. like, what's the when big... When he was sitting with Gail King, he was like, you can't put a draw two on a draw four? Yo, you but know you Gail King makes five and a half million dollars a year? about to double her draw, And she right? about to make 11? Good for her. You go, girl. Good for her. You go. Melanin magic. Amen. I like that. Melanin magic. I coined it. You heard it first here. Melanin magic. What you been up to, though? What have I been up to? I have been doing a lot of hot yoga. I have been... Oh, I went to this new yoga studio, and I don't know how to feel about it. What's wrong with it? They're, like, playing a lot of hip-hop music, and it says a a tribe called Sweat across the front of the room. A play on a tribe called I see what they Quest. did there. <laughs> yeah, I see what they did there, too. It's, and I don't know that I like it. I don't know. It's. I think... I don't know. I, I hesitate. But I just feel like it's like... A very... When I went to this yoga class, for example... Who's the owner was, of this yoga class? I don't know who owns the business itself. It actually seems like a bunch of women are on their leadership Black, team. white, Chinese. It man. seems like a diverse group of women. If the Instagram picture I saw was their actual leadership. It looked like it was, but that could have just been their staff at one of the locations. I'm not sure. But my issue with it is, like, it's very white in terms of the people that work there, the people that go there and everything, but it's so hip hoppy, And it's just, like, it just seems incongruous. Like, there's all of these white girls doing, like, trap yoga and it's sounds like a bunch of cultural appropriation yeah it just made me really uncomfortable and i don't think i'm going back it was like i would rather see a i would rather i don't know what i would rather see like is it that i want to see more black people there or is it that i want them to like play country music like i don't know i'm not sure what i want but it made me uncomfortable so when you were there were were you were you the only uh yes black girl there I went to two classes in Williamsburg and one at the Bryant Park location. So for those of you who are not from New York, 
Williamsburg is a part of Brooklyn. I think but most it is extremely gentrified. So Williamsburg is maybe mostly Yupp- white now. Yuppiesburg. Yeah, it, it it I wouldn't be surprised if Williamsburg was mostly white. No, no, no. It's like crazy. But no, I mean, there's a lot of white people in Williamsburg. Yeah, but Dumbo and Williamsburg are like I would argue that they're primarily there's white. A lot of, there's a lot of projects too. Okay. Well, nonetheless, that's Williamsburg. And then I went to one in Bryant Park, which is in Midtown, you know, like Midtown Manhattan, near Times Square, all of that. The the location at Bryant Park was more diverse. It was cool. The Williamsburg location, I went this morning and I went last weekend, and I was the only black girl in my class, and I just don't understand. Like, I don't know. Being the only black girl so, so in a class full of white girls listening to trap music and doing yoga just feels like it just didn't sit like well when, with me. When, when they were playing the music, were they bleeping out the N-word? They did play clean versions. I didn't hear any N-words. Okay, mm-hmm. well, that would have made me uncomfortable. They bleeping out the N-word. and But they play the N-word at my kickboxing place, but my kickboxing is extremely diverse. Sometimes mostly black. Yeah, as long as they're not playing the N-word and they're doing like a downward dog and looking over at you like, is that okay <laughs> That's to say? For you. <laughs> That's for you, <laughs> Is that bro? okay? No, I'm okay and that's the that. other thing. They put the mats extremely close, and they're like, it's okay if you touch your neighbor. It is 92 degrees in here, and we are all dripping sweat. It is it not It is not okay if you touch me. This woman today put her foot squarely on my mat to complete a pose. Yeah, like, that's not what? Good. Yeah, but your mat Why is your do mat. you that's think like that's okay? Space. Yeah, I feel like that, like, disrupts the idea of yoga. Like, your mat is your personal space to do your practice. <laughs> Why is your foot over here? Yeah, I don't know what kind of I, it was janky like, yoga. You I know. don't know. And, but this is like the fancy yoga. Like, there's spin studios, and then there's like Soul Cycle. This is like the Soul Cycle of yoga. And I was just like, I, I'm good on this, actually. Mm, I'm good. So what's, the, what's, what's so good about it, then? Yeah, you're not telling me anything. Like they give you the mat. They have like the water there for you. They give you your towels. They have lockers. It's not like your down home yoga place where you need to bring everything with you and there's no showers or nothing like that. It's fancy. Mm. And I get it, but I don't know. It's just not for me. But that was a long, a long story into yoga. But I've been doing a lot of more hot yoga, not eating pork, not eating candy. Ah, how's that? Not, how's that Lenten fast going? My that God, it's not going that bad. Uh, aside from two things, I went out with my girlfriend uh, earlier this week, and we really wanted to go to this place. But it was this beef noodles that we wanted that we were going to that place for that they're famous for. But they make the beef with a pork broth. And I had a really serious question. Like, a well, pork I mean, that's broth. That's really pork. I, I decided it was. Something that is a, uh, a that's stock. Big, that's, that's big of you. A stock that is made from pork bones. Well, I mean, I don't know. I guess, I guess it is pork. I guess, I guess it is pork. It you're is. Right. I mean, you're like, right. if you don't eat pork, I don't think you would eat that would stock. You, would you eat a pork rind? No. What part of no pork don't would you, you get? Would you I shouldn't, I guess. I, that, that's a good point. I right. shouldn't eat Starburst. Well, I'm not eating candy anyway, so. But Jello, uh, no, I shouldn't, technically. you saying how far does this no pork? you saying yeah. should I just not be eating pork flesh? Yeah, I give up carbs, but. Oh, but let me tell you the second part of my uh, non-pork eating that made it very hard. You. I come over today earlier to babysit. My brother has fried up a whole damn container of fried pork rib so, tips. So, Who does that? So, what kind of insensitive I told you, I told you person I does that? I told you I was making this from the jump. 
I you said you was making it yesterday tips. before I, bought, I came over. I bought a whole bunch of rib tips and, and spare rib tips from, um, where were we? BJ's. And I fried them up, seasoned them up, fried them up nice. Like you the couldn't China, just like wait till Chinese tomorrow? Food. And I asked her if she wanted some, and she said, yeah, oh, I can't wait. And I said, but wait, <laughs> time out. I forgot I wasn't eating pork. <laughs> You're not eating no pork. But they were good. So then, of course, when I walk through the house, it's the fresh aroma of swine mm. filling the air. It was tasty, too. It was so delicious. And then he's trying to get my niece to eat one right in front of me. I wasn't trying. I was He's like, Avery, her. no, eat this. She's like, I don't want that. I want steak. He's like, no, eat this pork no, in no, front no, of Auntie no, Jess. Lying. I was just offering her some pork. She likes pork. She, don't, she didn't even eat it. Well, I mean. You just she, put she it on her it. plate to taunt me. No, you're strong. You are a very disciplined and strong-willed person. That little piece of pork is not going to have you digressing from your. No, it doesn't. But it's just fast. unkind of you. I'd like to make a note of that. About to go eat some macaroni and cheese and lasagna right in front of you. That's fine. I don't really fancy those things anyway. Anyways. Doesn't really bother. Doesn't really bother what me. What else at all. is new besides you making but wait, all that, of the money? But, but what you say, you, you were saying how um, you went to yoga. I finally canceled that kickboxing membership. Mm-hmm. I had to go to my doctor, get a note saying I'm ill or whatever, can't work out, and cancel my kick- kickboxing membership. Now I'm not canceling that because I don't want to work out. I just found the kickboxing to be so mundane and so like bleh. it didn't it didn't appease to me anymore. The first few classes were cool because I was waking up with sweat, but I realized I just want to go to the gym and go on the treadmill, go to the pool. My lifetime fitness fitness membership was great because I had the pool, had basketball, had treadmills, weights, everything. I could do everything there. The kickboxing was just very basic. Yeah, that's it what I like price. about it. Really, it was the same price. That's kind of what I like about kickboxing. If I want to get a workout in. I can go, and I really don't have to think all that much. Fifty minutes later, I've got a good workout in, and that's it. If I go to the gym, I have to, like, I'm the type of person that has to write out my workout in advance. Like, I have to fig- I have to make a game plan, essentially. So you've got goals of toning and stuff like that. I just want to lose weight, so all I need to do is get on the treadmill and walk and run. Yeah, for me, if my typical gym session is a very quick warm-up, on the treadmill or on the stairmaster somewhere five ten minutes, but then it's like, okay, am I gonna do quads or hamstrings? If I'm gonna do quads, I need to figure out what the exercises are for that. Do those? How many reps? Like like that? Yeah, I don't that's, know that. that's so much preparation. Yeah, All I have to do is get in my car and drive fifteen minutes downtown. My biggest obstacle is finding parking, and then my workout like before I know it is over. That works for me. Yeah, I mean, I I understand that and I get it because the place was five minutes from my house. Go in, get out, but I don't know. I, I just if you didn't like it, you didn't like it, and you have to nice. enjoy. It. I actually enjoy kickboxing because I feel like it's something that you can always improve on. Like you can, ne- you're never perfect with kickboxing. You can always be a little faster. You can always defend yourself. You can always your defense can always be a little sharper. Like well, there's he, never there is no defense, and there's no defending yourself in kickboxing because nobody's well, hitting you back. So, but no, we do do defensive moves. Like we don't just oh, do. Oh, well, maybe punches. your kickboxing is different than mine. Yeah, no, we do defensive moves like jack. I mean, slips and and you know what is it called? Bobs Bob and, and weaves. weaves and ducks and stuff like that. Like they that is a part of our combination. So it might be jab, punch, slip, punch. Get out the way of that punch. We didn't have that. We were just left hook, right hook, right cross, left cross, roundhouse. Uh, Uppercut and round, you know it was no. Just ours are defensive, and it's around, and it's about moving around the bag. So it might be like jab, cross, step, step, like to the side to get out of the way of a punch. Then duck, then hook. So yeah. it's a little more so complicated. Yours is, yours is probably better than mine. Maybe I would have liked your, liked yours a little better, but mine was just 
Ugh. And it depends on the instructor because we have some like MMA type fighters and they're like big yeah, on defense. So they, like they're doing the most in terms of defense. Like that, that, I would probably enjoy that a little more. But the one I went to, it was it was basic. It was a lot of old chicks in there, and I just felt like I was like, yeah, what am I doing? What am I doing here? Yeah, no, I mean, to each his own. I just don't want to think, basically. But I do need to get in the gym because I lost a bit of weight, and now my legs feel a little skinny. So I do need to, and I have a, I have a meal plan and a workout plan that somebody designed for me, but I just need to get to it and actually use it. What, who made the workout plan for you? Actually, one of the kickboxing coaches. He's a trainer also, and I had him draw me up a custom nutrition plan. And a custom workout plan. So I have like, you know, six weeks worth of workouts and six weeks worth of meals and stuff like that that I like. Mm. But I just need to do it, basically. I haven't been eating my best. Yeah, I'm trying to eat better. I made a bunch of food today. Not that any of it was healthy. But uh, I got a meal prep for the week, so I have to work. And I think I'm going to give up processed meats. I told you that earlier, but I think I should discuss it with the people see if anyone feels me on that i went out to the diner this morning for breakfast as i was coming to babysit and i had corned beef hash which is my go-to diner food and as i was looking at it as i was eating i was just very curious as to like what the hell this is and how far away from a cow is it and it's extremely processed there are some meats that we're out here eating that like what other than corned beef corned beef hash though any meat with like nitrates or any type of like gr- any type of canned meat, spam. Well, I don't eat spam, but like I just pepperoni, spam is real meat though. pepperoni, soprasada, like all those meats. Basically, things with nitrates and, and chemicals mm-hmm. added well, to well, them. Well, nitrate just giving it that red pinkish color. And cancer. Well, I mean, cancer. <laughs> well, see me in thirty years, and we'll determine that. But. No, nitrates, that's why they have all that nitrate-free shit now, because the nitrates are not good for you. That's been determined. So. Cured meats all have that. So that's, what does that include? Ham? I don't eat lunch meat anyway, but yeah, that too. Yeah, I don't really eat lunch meat like that. Ham, turkey, like pastrami. Well, pastrami's great, though, but. That yeah, is, I'm, that I'm all for a Reuben, but I think there. I need to leave that alone except for special. So I mean, eat? I shouldn't so say leave it for alone. Breakfast? Cause what would you eat for breakfast if you had to give up all processed meats? What would you be eating for breakfast? Well, I don't eat meat in my breakfast. If you did. So you went to the diner and, and instead of oh, corned beef Oh, what would I order from the diner? What would you order? I would probably have Grilled a... Chicken. Ew. I would probably have a Belgian waffle. No meat. That's you, the thing. No, I thought about had, that as I was... Let's say you to grab a meat. I was thinking about that as I was driving to the diner today. I was like, well, you don't want processed meat, but there's literally no other... Wait, so... <laughs> wait. You were driving to the diner and said, I don't want processed meat, and then you went in there and ordered corned beef hash? No, I was I was saying like as I left yoga I was on that like work post workout endorphin high and I was like ah, I don't really need that cuz I, I know corned beef hash is not the best for you but then I was like what else is there in this area of Elmont and what else do you want I couldn't think of anything I didn't want something simple like a shake like that wasn't going to hold me so I went to the diner and I was like okay well you can have this today but you need to think long term like what do you want to do? You want to keep eating this? How often do you want to eat it? So, what would you choose if you had to go to? Uh, there diner? is no meat. There, I would just have to eat a Belgian waffle, which I really like. Uh, those. There is meat. You can get. I my breakfast meat of choice recently has been uh, chicken cutlet with eggs, and the deli I go to makes this little, little marijuana sauce they call it, 
It's like oregano. It's like a pesto sauce. Hmm. Lettuce, tomato, avocado, and a vegetable egg omelet, egg white omelet with a chicken cutlet. Delicious. I would never think to have chicken for breakfast, but I don't. I don't. Chicken cutlet. But I egg put, white veggie omelet, lettuce, tomato with a like a pesto oregano but sauce. But it took me a long time, but I'm actually okay without meat in my breakfast now. It took me a very long time. I could, th- I guarantee you that there was a day when I was like, yeah, it's hard for me no because meat in my breakfast. How is this even breakfast? But now I eat the same thing for breakfast most days, and I love it, and I don't miss the meat. My breakfast every day is usually the same: some kind of sausage or bacon, eggs, and spinach. No carb. And Fridays, I've been giving up meat for Lent, so I, uh, I've been having uh, ackee and saltfish, to be able to not, but no, um... I feel like ackee is definitely a carb. Well, I usually, sometimes I just get the saltfish, saltfish, um, but ackee, I mean, it's like a fruit. I think ackee's a fruit. Yeah, but it's, like, so bready, like, it's like, uh, like, the banana it's like, fruits. It's like a doughy, I mean, I don't know. But, I mean, I think my breakfast is toast <laughs> with marinated tomatoes and a fried egg on Where top. Where do you marinate your tomatoes? You, in you my refrigerator. Overnight? <laughs> I put that olive oil we got from Greece, that good olive oil, mm-hmm. some salt, pepper, parsley, minced garlic. Well, that's what that uh, mama marijuana sauce is that the guy puts on my uh, omelet. It's delicious. Yeah. Hot sauce. And that's a good breakfast for me because it gives me the saltiness, but I have been focusing on water retention. I'm trying to, like, I feel puffy these days, so I am trying to limit my salt and increase my water because I do feel like I'm just, like, retaining water these days. But that's another subject. Anyways, let's move into the next segment. What's popping out here? I don't know, man. This week has been kind of dry. Ain't nothing really going on. Well, last week we were going to talk about the college scandal. I think we could still discuss that. Becky? Aunt Becky? Aunt Becky, the desperate housewife. My man Frank Gallagher from Shameless, his wife. Oh, that's his wife? That's his wife. The oh, girl no who's shit. in there. Yeah, man. They buying their way. But here's, uh, we'll pose a good question. I think here. you're probably going to ask the same question. Here's, I here's a good ask. question. If I, you know, pay somebody to get my child in the school or I pay the school to get my kid in there or if I'm filthy rich like the Walmart family or whoever and I buy a library and get a library built, I spend, you know, $4 million on to get a library built and then they know that anybody with the last name of Walton, they're going to get into school or whatever because the library is named after me. Is that a different, is there, is there any, really any difference? No. Because the college admissions process is totally messed up. You could, the problem is people are getting exposed now because you have like in Texas, like the Bushes, they have libraries named after them. They have all kind of student Mm -hmm. centers and cafeterias named after them. And if my last name was Bush and I wanted to go to University of Texas or any, any school in Texas or Houston, wherever they went, or let's say Yale where Bush went, I'm pretty sure I would get in whether my grades were sufficient or not because of my parents' name and how much money they donated. So now you got Aunt Becky and you got these rich people in California, where they're from, Boston, and they are paying people to... Well, the difference is they're cheating their way in. The difference is that the college is not in on it. Exactly. That's the difference. The the difference is they're... We're happy to let you in if you give us money, but don't do it behind our backs. But that's not fair either. No, of course it's not. If you talk about exclusion, if you talk talk about excluding people who are qualified and letting in people who are not qualified just based on their economic status, then I think the whole admissions process needs to be changed. So if you want to cast an even wider net, you and your wife will have Hampton legacy. Mm -hmm. Should they 
if if a, if your children maybe don't have the grades up to muster, but they really want to go to Hampton, should they let your children in? You guys donate being money that we're, to Being them, that we're just legacy, is what you're saying. Yeah. Have we donated and contributed as an alumni to the school? Yes. Uh, I think all things being equal, and if between my kid and another kid who's just as qualified or lack of qualification, being that we have donated and we are legacy, I think my kid should get the maybe the a sli- uh, the, the advantage. So that leads me into my next question. All things being equal, though. As much as we criticize, I don't know how I, I don't have an answer in my perspective yet, but my bigger question is, even though we say that this is so wrong and stuff, would you do it? If you had the money and you knew the guy. Absolutely. <laughs> you see, I, I had a feeling that that Absolutely, was going to be your answer. And I have a feeling that that would be a lot of people's Hey, But it answers. doesn't make it right. And I don't consider myself to be the most uh, pi- pious of people. But That's I, the thing. I think that while it's deplorable, I don't I think say that they're doing anything. I wouldn't say deplorable because there are a lot of things you would do for your kids that you might not say. You know, you, you're going to do things for your kids that you necessarily wouldn't think you would have done if you didn't have kids. No, I don't even so, have kids and I get it. If I had a, if I had enough money to even give my nieces a leg up in some way, shape, or exactly. form, I would do it. So, That's what I think is so interesting as I watched. I was like, are we mad because these rich white people are doing it or because it was done? Uh, I think we're mad that these rich white people are doing it because, one, if you're a rich white person, not even say rich white person. You already black person, got all the advantages. Rich, you have plenty of advantages. If you had money like that, chances are you lived in a great neighborhood, which had great schools. And if your kid wasn't doing good in that good school that they went to, you had money to get them tutors and get them privately educated or whatever, you know, whatever they needed to keep on par or get ahead. And then when the time comes to go to college, you got money to get them the SAT classes that they need to to do well on SATs. Everything was laid out for you based on the money you had. These kids literally did not give a shit, though. That's what I'm saying. You like got the kids. girl on YouTube who's like, I don't care about college. I want to party. She missed the first few days of school because she was on a yacht going to Fiji. Like, she with does the dean, not care. With the, with the dean of admissions for the school. <laughs> that's, that's the crazy part. So I think it's – I was not like – I was at work, and all these people were up in arms. Did you hear what happened? Did you hear what happened? And I mean, I work at a, a college research center. And I was looking like, okay. So as somebody <laughs> in academia, do you think that the college admissions process should be changed? Yeah, there's plenty of things to be changed. I mean. How, how would you, if you had your own way, accept people into your school? How would you accept high school seniors into your school? Would you base it straight SATs, GPA, personal statements, well-rounded well, interesting characters. interesting that you say that. I can actually plug my own website for a second. I actually wrote an article about this recently about specialized high schools in New York. Specialized high schools in New York oh, we saw that in have news, right? black, and, are, black and Hispanic students are underrepresented in specialized high schools in New York. They make up something like... Thirty percent of the population, but they only make up about six percent, yeah, six or seven percent of the specialized high schools admissions. And the same question applies: Should we, you know, you take a you take a standardized test to get into these schools, and that's that test, you know, black student, black and Hispanic students are less likely to take it, but also less likely to do well and get admitted. So the question that you ask also applies in this case of kind of what should be the criteria 
to admit students? Should it just be this test, even though the test disadvantages students? Well, you're students? talking about getting into the specialized high schools or getting into the colleges? I'm just I'm just broadening the discussion a little bit to kind of like what should what 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 is the criteria well, I don't, I don't for merit? Can, I don't think you can compare the specialized high school to college. College has to be more of a, a nationwide standard for college. But it's a question of merit. What is the criteria for merit? Is it a test score? Is it yeah, it an be, SAT? Is it, it a combination of those things? I think it has to be cumulative. But that but it's not in a lot of cases. I think for college there For college is cumulative. It's but, definitely cumulative for college. You need SATs, you need GPA, you need a personal statement or whatever, and you need application. It's a combination of factors. Yeah. For the high schools, it's just a test. If you do well in that that uh, admissions so, test for so Townsend Harris, your... Stuyvesant, Bronx Science, Brooklyn Tech, you'll get into, the the better you do, you get into all three. If you don't do as well, you get into two. If you don't do so as well, you get into So what's your question one. about what, how should college admissions work? Like, how do you think it should work? I mean... Well, they already use the SAT. They, they and use all SATs, that stuff. What is ACTs. The... They use GPA. They use, uh, you know, are SAs you asking or whatever. whether or not they should continue to use that? I, I mean, is is the SAT like? I guess the the scandal come came came to light with the SATs because they were paying for people to cheat on SATs, for more time on SATs, to take them open book kind of thing. But you see, this is exactly why I think it's relevant to the high school situation because my argument for the high schools was, being that I know New York City, the kids who get into these high schools, the Asian students and the white students, the white students have the resources to go to Kaplan and all of this stuff to take the test and do well and have training for it. The Asian students, they they have thriving businesses, these cram schools, these after-schools, that we saw them because we went to mostly Asian schools. Like they go to after school from like fifth grade yeah, on, but those are all and Asians. every day those after are school. All Asians. No, but this is my point. The test. Somebody did a recent dissertation on the test. The test is not predictive of graduating from the high school. Your score on that specialized high school test is not predictive of graduating from the high school or anything no. like that. For me, the just test seems. Yeah, but the test. What is it actually measuring? If it's not measuring your aptitude to but it is to be successful at that point. But it's not a me- it's not predictive of whether or not you'll actually do well in the school. No, that's 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 why the school is successful. They measure your aptitude at the point where it's time to get in. They say, but okay. are they measuring your aptitude when you think about the unequal access to resources to prep for the test, or are they measuring no, no, resources? No, no, uh, no. I think they're measure measuring someone's... resources. Yeah, I mean, your aptitude depends on your resources. Your aptitude depends on how much resources you have. If you have more resources, you can take extra classes and training and study. But and in stuff a public like school funded by public dollars, should we be admitting kids to a public school based on their resources? Uh, probably not. That seems However, highly unequal. But the, like the the Asian kids that were in, in our you're schools, punishing students for going to shitty middle schools and elementary schools. No, you're punishing kids for their parents not having the resources to put them in the classes to put them ahead. No, it's not of... about classes. They might be in bad schools. No, There's no, not no. enough good schools for everyone in well, the city. We but know the that. people who go into those schools are usually the ones who take those extra classes. Those Kumans, those all oh, those leg, leg But what things. if your parents don't know about that, or what if you don't have the money to go to those well, things? I mean, they're not being necessarily punished, but they're not they're not, they're not um taking advantage. Is what I'm saying. But they can't afford it. So the people who can afford it are the ones who go to these great schools. And is that fair? Is that know. what we want of our public education system? To advantage students yeah, with more resources? You can't stop somebody from opening up a. a a specialized high school training. It's school. not someone. This is our city, our tax no, no, dollars. No, no. Those schools are private. 
The specialized high schools? No, the the study classes to go into those private no, schools. No, that's my my point is that the test is not predictive of your success. So the test is really so a you're saying indicator. they should just take the top like two percent from each school across the city. Some, I think they, I think systems like that are a lot more fair. You're actually taking the smartest kid because when you look at that's, it, that's that's a whole other argument. If you look at it, you're taking basically. There's like what school was it? It was something to the effect of like. 90% of the kids came from, like, 20% of the schools. Yeah, of course. There's schools that know how to figure it out, and they pump these schools. Or they the pump these, their kids into these schools. schools that are in neighborhoods where the parents have resources. Yeah, but is that, that what we want to do? Uh, Create this, like, upper echelon of public schools? Well, we are. That's... That's been going on since the it's 70s. It's not about whether it's been going on. I'm asking, is it right? You're saying create. You mean continue to perpetuate. That, you mean perpetuate. Sure. Is, is that what we want to keep doing? Uh, probably not. <laughs> probably not. Because but... I don't think it's I don't think it's right that talented black and Hispanic students who haven't figured out how to ace this test his, yet for his, whatever reason the other side are not argument. going into the here's school. the other side of the argument. Are they talented if they can't ace that test? Yes. Okay, and why do you say that? Because what is on this test? Who who? What makes? What? I have no indication that this test is a measure of. It's innate, definitely a measure, in, in, innate no, intelligence. It's, it's definitely a measure of but their intelligence so then, at that point. It doesn't. It's not. A, it's not a a, 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 pre, a predictive. It's not for the correlated future. with college success. It's not correlated with graduation. It's not it's correlated with your right progression None in the school. Are. None of those tests are. You take the SATs. So like, then, point you're at now. But you realize there's Ivy League colleges and stuff that are doing away with requiring an SAT because they've proven like that the SAT. Ooh, what, no, what, it's happening. It's, uh, it's definitely happening. Can I apply happening. to these colleges? No, it's it's not it's not a rare thing either because these these tests have already been deemed as culturally biased. They culturally ask questions. Culturally biased is one thing because they they're talking about stuff like culturally biased. I think they got rid of all of that because they asked some questions that you know poor minority income people might not be experienced to if they're asking a question about a yacht or stuff like that. And people, you know, that those are culturally biased questions. However. Math is math. Reading, reading comprehension is reading comprehension. Not science always. is science, and not always. And I feel like, in my ideal world, and this just may be idealistic, but I feel like I would want, if I had to have a specialized high school that my tax dollars were funding and that was public, I would like to see capacity being built. Meaning, okay, maybe this student didn't do as well on this standardized test as maybe an Asian or white student did, but they are doing exceptionally well in their school amongst, in, in the fish tank that they're in. Sure, they might be a big fish in a little tank, but I would like to see them get it admit, admitted to such a school so that they can build their capacity, so that you can put them in a bigger fish tank and they can either sink or swim there. I don't think it's fair that they are completely boxed out because they can't pass this one test. That they don't have the resources to cram for and go. I read this New York Times article a few years ago about this uh, black girl who was one of the only few students of color in Stuyvesant. And her dad went and took this extra job to pay for her to get Princeton Review and all of this stuff. And it was like, wait, so the only way that you can get into this school, like this is a private school essentially then. Because it takes money to get in. And that's not right. Yeah, but uh, I hear what you're saying, and I think that it is not fair for just the rich people to be able to get into these 
schools based on their means and, and resources and access to higher education or further advanced education. Go to a private school. I mean, well, well uh, I mean, that's what people do with charter schools. I mean, charters are not private. Yeah, but they're public funded and not everybody can go. So uh, everyone can go to a charter school. But nonetheless, I'm just saying I think that there does need to be some qualifications to get in. But I think maybe a wider range of qualifications. Maybe they need a writing exam as well. Maybe they need an interview. Maybe they need other things because tests have been people have learned how to manage tests. This is the same thing like you see this uh, lawsuit at Harvard about Asians being discriminated against. They figured out the formula, and their parents pump enough resources into the system, into Asians their. Asians are being discriminated. Th- this is the argument that they are being discriminated against because they figured out how to master these Ivy League applications so well that they're they were being admitted in such high numbers that now the schools are like, wait, we can't have like a ninety percent Asian student body, and they're not accepting as many Asian students, and Asians are filing lawsuits saying like this is discrimination, but it's like. And, and now they're trying to do like more a wider array, a wider range of things to get in. So interviews and and those things are gonna start to not help Asians do as well. Like interviews and I forget what the other criteria yeah, but, are. But uh, I mean, and I, it's again, the idea again, of like I'm, we're I'm doing for, well and we're getting in. I'm Don't for, mess that up for us. I'm for a diverse. Don't mess up our privilege of students, and I'm for mixing it up and letting everybody in. Not letting that's everyone qualified. in. Yeah, that yeah, is qualified. Yeah. Everybody that's qualified. But you know, if you got ten white kids, ten Chinese kids that are qualified, I'm not saying you gotta let Flavor Flav in just because he's black. No, nobody's saying that. I mean, but, but that the, the assumption that you're making is that all the black kids are Flavor Flav. Think about ten, ten, no, ten, and I ten know. of all super qualified. Students. Then let them all in. If they got space, let them all in. If you don't have space, if, then let them not let eight, 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 eight in. Let it make it be equal. Let it let it let five 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 and five be in. What if you have ten talented students from all walks of life, but two of those groups have access to special resources to help them advance and take a particular so you're test? They're more better. talented. No, they are better resourced and they have more access to better preparation than the other two groups, which, which, makes which them will score lead better. them to exactly. Should those students be... Well, they should be guaranteed to be getting. Okay, well, then that's the system we have. And there should be an allotment for people who... But, I mean, I, I guess... I, you're right. I guess there's no real solution to that if you're basing it on a standardized test. Because there's I always like going to be... There's always going to be... If, if, you, if you make a test, there's always going to be somebody who finds out how to crack that test. Or not crack it, but how to excel on that test. Right. So... And does that I, mean I, that I they think, are I smarter than or more innately intelligent? No, that's a measure if, of their parents' investment in them. Uh, yeah, but it's also a measure of their investment in themselves. Also, they have to still do well on the test. It ain't like I can send you all the schools you want, all the classes you want. If you're not into it or you're not smart enough, you're just not gonna okay, get it. Okay, but that that's something that we can't really determine whether or not they're. That's you can't say that a black student given the same opportunities would be any more or less engaged, more or less engaged with it. It's a matter of. At the end of the day, this advantage that this student has is a direct reflection of their parents' investment of resources in them. And that's not I, what it, we're supposed to direct? use to get students it, no, into high school. No, but you see, that's the thing. It's not direct because it's not necessarily guaranteed that if I'm a parent and I say I'm going to dump 30000 into you to go to this you know, after-school program that teaches you how to take the SATs, that you're going to do well. 
it, it, it increases the chances. But compared but it's not to a, a student direct, without that investment, it, it still doesn't make it direct. That other student, it's, my point it is makes that it direct, if you... It makes it direct when you compare it to somebody who hasn't taken the class. But it's not direct when you compare it to I'm somebody who, it does, to. who also takes sure, the class but, I'm not but doesn't it. do I'm as not well. I'm not saying among students with resources and test prep how to, what happens. Well, that, that, I'm that saying that indirect. there are... No, I'm comparing them to students without those resources. Students without access to those resources. Well, if you compare, you know, night to day, then it's always going to be different. But if you compare 12 o'clock to 3 o'clock, the sun might be under the same point. What the fuck? What are you talking about? I'm saying that it's relative. You can't compare and say I'm it's direct or indirect compared to somebody who does never done it. If you compare two people who have done it, then you compare the results. Then you can make a correlation to say that no. you know this person was more willing to learn. But the that's lesson. not that's not even the point I'm trying to make. My point is that if this test is the sole determinant of how students get into the school, and some high students school, have you mean. yes, and some students have access to preparatory materials that give them an advantage on the test than others, that is not fair. And and but absent that test prep being available to all students, those students have an advantage that is a reflection of their their parents' resources. Then that's true. And that's all I'm saying. Like you it's not about I'm not saying so why amongst don't we make it, the students why don't we make with resources. It, I got a solution. Why don't we make it a minimum score on a test, which is attainable by anybody who has resources or not. Mm-hmm. So if the SAT's top score is, six, I don't know what it is now. It was like 1,600 when I was in school. But if the highest score you can get is 1,600, why don't we set it at like, you know, 11, 1,200 and say, if you get a 1,200, you're a candidate. And then after that, it's an interview. Sure. This is what interview, I'm saying. And I, I interview with a bunch of people. But then, you know, you're leaving that open to, you know, it could still be unequal, sure. Nepotism, but I think that you leaving should, that open to I think that and we know this racism. about colleges. We know this about colleges. The use of a single instrument is never a good idea in terms of accuracy of placement, accuracy of student success. Like now in colleges, you know how you have to take a placement exam when you get there to determine whether or not you're gonna have to take developmental courses? My job one on one on one hundred. The place that I work is, you know, very was very integral to the move to multiple measures, move to using high school GPA, SAT scores, a bunch of other measures, because we did statistical analyses that showed when you use a single instrument, be it the compass, AccuPlace, or whatever test it is, more students are placed into remedial courses than they need to. There's a higher percentage of students being placed into remedial courses that could have been successful in college-level courses. The use of a single instrument has shown itself not to be effective I agree. in promoting student success. I agree. So why are we using it in public high schools in a in a way that makes it so that six percent of blacks and black and Hispanic students are in this high school when they make up more than ten times that or more than five times that amount in the whole city? And we've been doing it for years. That's wild to me. I mean, it's wild, but it's also not in. <laughs> It's not uncommon because when it's you went to school. It's not about it being uncommon. It's still unjust. Common or not, there's common injustices, sure. But it doesn't make it not inju- not unjust. You know what I'm saying? So let me ask you. If you put all the 12th graders, all the 8th graders going to high school, and you put all of them in the room, all of the ones in the city, all, you know, 400,000 of them, however many 8th graders there are, and you put them all to take a test, who do you think would be the top 10% of the testing class? And on on a, on a standardized on the test on a, that they use for this test, any test, 
Wait, what are you? Are you saying? Any are test, you talking te- about the standardized testing, high school testing, test? Any test testing their aptitude. So an SAT or a standardized high school test. Anything, yes, standardized test, class test, whatever it is. I'm going to say that white and Asian students are going to do well because they are more likely to attend high achieving schools. We know this. No, no, no. It's a fact. They are more. They they. I'm talking schools. about a, uh, uh, they're, they're taking the same test. They are more likely to attend schools that have taught them the material that's going to be on that test, most likely. So, what, about, have, the, what about the black kids in those schools, though? So you're saying, but based on your argument, you're saying let's let's say Townsend Harris, right? Townsend Harris, black, white, Chinese. No, I don't think kids. that school exists anymore. Does it not? Or it's not specialized. All right, let's say Stuyvesant. Everybody goes to Stuyvesant. Based on your argument, everybody who goes to Stuyvesant should be at the top of the testing parameter. Yeah, that's how you get into the that that's the that's black, how, white, Chinese, and different. But no, it's not indifferent. The white and Asian students are already coming from, on on average, they're more likely to attend higher achieving schools. So they already have the content, the day-to-day, Monday through Friday, period one to period eight content. They're getting better content. Hmm. And they are more likely to have the resources to prep for this test compared to black and Hispanic students. So they have almost a double advantage, a good school and good prep. Hmm. I don't know. I think that these, like, there's no, I, I don't think you should have dummies with smart kids. <laughs> that's, that's my, no, my you, argument. You, no, no, no. That is the same argument that people, like, people who pr- promote the test make, and that's not fair because what you're assuming, like, that jump right there is so dangerous. You're saying that that assumes that there are no, highly qualified black and Hispanic students, that if you gave them the same level of resources and put them in the same schools as those white and Asian students, that they wouldn't do just as well. They, they shouldn't be penalized because they don't have access to the resources or the schools that other students have access to. You, you can't say you don't want but, dummies against these kids because that's, that assumes that all the black students I'm are not unqualified. Assuming, I'm not assuming. So but then I, why would if you... If you're a qualified black student, you are going to get what you deserve. You what is going, that? If, if you admission don't, to okay, those schools, so admission are, to those specialized so, schools. No, you're not necessarily. Why, Why not? Because maybe you've never seen this test before. Maybe you don't even know that much about the test. But if you're smart, you're gonna pay, you're gonna ace it. No, that's, that's not true. No, I feel like you, if you're smart, you're gonna ace these tests. No, not necessarily. You should know this. You spent time studying for police tests. You should know that part of this is learning how to take the test. Well, I mean, that's part of it. Yeah. But it's also memorization. Sure, but who's giving them these memorization tips? Who's teaching I, them how I to get take it, this but test? But you're smart, and your your parent like that is the same argument that these people make, and I uh, think it's bull. I mean, I, I'm not saying it's a hundred percent fact. I'm saying I don't. I'm not saying it's hundred percent bull. I'm saying if you are smart, it will show. It will manifest. If you have a smart kid and you're an astute or you know parent that is into your child's education, is it going to bring put them, them in an environment where they are are going to flourish? Whether that's putting them in after-school programs that let them shine, that let them enhance so their learning. So what if you are a student who is very intelligent, but your parents don't really give Care a damn about, about your education, and then you got to pick up your and brother and from those, school, so those, you can't yeah, go to I Manhattan to go to school. Those are the but unfortunate cases. Into, those are the you, unfortunate cases of people who get, you know, geniuses or smart people that get lost by the wayside because they don't have good structure. But we have specialized high schools that are public and available to them. They should be more open. And not just okay, using one so what's measure. what's the solution? 
I think what you said earlier was a fine solution about making a minimum test score and then adding in other factors where, okay, so maybe I didn't score at the top, top, top level. So how do you separate good schools from bad schools when you do that? How do you separate a good school from a bad school? A school? Why would we be separating schools? Well, there are schools that are bad and schools that are good. We're talking about tests. You, you, you're, you're, to get you're, into these schools. you were saying earlier yeah, that you, the minimum you, score to get into the school and then interviews and writing samples and, and if other you, stuff. You pass all of that, I you think, get into the school, which is deemed a good school. Yes. You don't pass all of that, and you may have, you know, you may have did all right on SATs, but your personality, your culture, whatever it is, is not that great, or your GPA is not that great. Now you go to a medium or a middle of the line school. Or if you don't even take interest in all of that and you cut class every day, now you go to a bad school. How do you deem good, bad, middle? Like, you know what I'm saying? How do you deem? By the school's performance. How many of the students are graduating? What is the average so SAT now, and, score? And now what if you're really one of those? What if you get? What if you have 100 or 99 A-plus average in one of those bad schools? Does that mean you should have been given the opportunity to go to the elite school because you have an A-plus average in the bad school? No, there's a time issue there. I think if you are in the school, how you do in the school could be a function of many things that happen within the school. I it's not, I didn't it's get not to go back and say, like, I okay, this person did great in 11th and 12th grade. No, ninth Let's grade. rewind to 9th grade and say they should have went to a different no, no, school. No. I didn't get into Stuyvesant because I failed the interview because I'm scared of public talking. I didn't get in because my – whatever. Whatever okay. it is, you didn't get in. Now I go to, you know – Backboard University, and or Backboard High School, and I'm there. I'm in the hood, but I'm doing well. I'm doing. I'm the smartest one in my class, but I'm in a class full of people who don't care about education. So I just, I, I seem the smartest, but I'm not really as smart as the people in the other school. Like, how do you identify the children who have talent and don't? If they did not get that minimum test score. And they did well, not again, pass the interview, the and they did not have a solid writing standard, a, a writing essay. And if their writing essay was not up to par, if whatever the multiple criteria are, they did not meet it, then they don't go to Stuyvesant. Regardless, they may do very well wherever else they go, and that's fine. But I just think that schools like Stuyvesant need to broaden what they use to measure aptitude because these tests, as we know, are not really measuring aptitude as well as we would, as well as we like to assume. Tests, and this is a whole nother aside, but do you know that standardized tests weren't always a thing? Standardized tests were really created during the standards movement when schools, before there was individual schools that popped up everywhere, but as they, as the government and the state started investing in investing in schools they wanted some kind of standardization across schools some way of measuring how are students doing across these schools so they're like okay we're going to give all these students these tests and all of them will take it and then we'll rank the schools based on the tests so there's no there was no attention to like we're going to create this measure of student aptitude no we're going to create a measure to see how students in this school are doing compared to how students in this school are doing. And what one of the biggest critiques is that now we use this this testing idea to make as, assertions. As we, we use it to make assertions about student aptitude and all these things that it wasn't even designed to do. Hmm. So I have a big problem with testing being the be-all, end-all 
and, and, and chopping people at the wayside based on one test score. Some people don't take tests well. Some people are sick when they take the test. Like, a test is one metric on right. one day and one moment in time of a person's what ability. If, what if it was like a four or five part test? Like, over a course of a month or a week or whatever. That's not, a, that, that's not, a, that's not the same thing. All right, so what, so we're going to wrap. What, what's your solution? Let's hear Let's well, hear. I think you. I think multiple measures is the solution. Using various measures that give you a well-rounded picture of a student as opposed to one test score. The same reason why these students at Harvard are opposed to bringing in all these other measures because they're like, you know, we got this test mastered. We want to use the test. We want SAT scores. We want this, 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 and that type of extracurricular because this is how we've, we've learned how to master that. So when you try and throw all these other measures in, they're like, oh, whoa, 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 we're about to lose our advantage here. Oh, and so, I think so the think, same you thing. You think it's a, a class race thing where white people feel threatened by opening up the, the, open up the it's gates to everybody It's not white people else. necessarily. This is a, this Wait, is a white, particular white, Asian, uh, this no, is no, an let's Asian say, that's, lawsuit. Let's not, let's not say race. Let's say economics. No, but I'm telling you, in fact, it's Asians that are protesting at Harvard hmm. against them using a wider range of things to admit students because they bust their ass to get in based on the current metrics. right and it's like no 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 you can't actually weigh us as a whole person as the whole well-rounded student like this is what we do we know books we know books don't interview me i'm a i may be very socially awkward I'm like don't mute. yeah like they don't want to be they don't want to have all those factors because they know that would minimize their advantage they got that test they got those books they got the gpa that's all they want to talk about, and I think that's not right, and I don't think that should be the case. They should use other measures. There are other measures to use in high school. Fine, take the test, but look at my high school GPA. Look at my writing. Interview me. Talk to me. Ask me why I want to go there. What do I want to do in the future? Like, like measure the whole student, not one day, one time. And when you bring, into, when you bring test prep into it, it makes it extra unfair. Hmm. Well... Listen, for my for my for our educational academia people out there who uh you know feel some type of way about the issue, hit us up, you know. This is a this is a hot topic right here. This is a big big idea of how we can revamp this educational system and it's been sparred based on the academic scandal that just, you know, came to light based on the news with Aunt Becky. And I think so. to bring it full circle is not it's not surprising to me. I think the college admissions. I think the college admissions process, like like I've been saying this whole time, has always been based on resources to a certain degree. Of course. I know that even from graduate school. Of course. I was lucky enough to be in a program that CUNY paid for that allowed me to apply to thirteen graduate schools. Just the simple act of applying to a whole bunch of schools is an Without act of privilege. Because those things are expensive. Those people paid for over $1,500 worth of application fees for me. And then you have to pay to have your SAT scores so, or GRE scores <laughs> sent. That in itself is an is a privileged act. So these people who are in the scandal, they some of these people shelled out $500,000. No, just I get, get it. Business. Like, that's crazy. But I think we Tuition to, don't even cost that much. I think we have to be up front in that. We've always been measuring resources to admit students. This is the most overt and despicable instance of it but we've always been measuring resources for admission in one way or another hmm. this whole apply to a safe school or this school or that school kids applying to 20 schools in one year who can afford to pay for 20 schools in a year well some people can that's my point some people and those are the people that you know have a leg up 
I think we just have to be very aware as we look at policies and practices. I think in the Game of Thrones, they call it being a highborn. <laughs> exactly. But is that the education Are system we want? Do we or want to preference highborns? And that's what we do. And I think this brings into light, like, people are all up in arms and i'm like no we're excluding the commoners the common folk and that's that's not new but i think now's a good time to interrogate it since everyone thinks it's so scandalous like let's talk about how this has been happening forever in one form or another well listen if you got any ideas about how we can well i guess we're not the people i was about to say don't tell us (laughs) write your senators (laughs) we're not the people write your congress people but you know that was our that was our big idea you know the educational system. It it kind of morphed into our big idea. It was it was kind of a scandal in the news, but it led Is into. Is there any else. other trash? Any lighthearted trash that we could talk about? Nah, I ain't no lighthearted trash. Me, don't got what else is going on? It gotta be something. Nah, it's, it's been a dry week. I'm telling you, yeah, like as local has. news, ain't nothing Solange's crazy. album dropped. Who cares? Wow. Who cares about Solange? Nobody Apparently cares about you. Solange. I like that album. I don't care about it. So, what you looking forward to this week? What am I looking forward to? I'm looking forward to hanging out. Um, hanging out. One of my where, friends where is out? one of my friends is coming into town from Mexico City. One of my other friends is returning from vacation, well, work. But I'm just hanging out this week. I, I got a lot of I have a lot of work to do. We are um, working on a big grant that I'm excited about. So yeah, just work mm. and hang well, out. Well, I don't really have anything to look forward to. In fact, this is something wow. I probably shouldn't look Depressing. forward to. No, well, I, I mean, those who know me know I have three kids, so I went to the doctor to consult about a vasectomy wow, this week. Really? Everyone uh, wants to know? Everybody gets it. I don't care. I'll share. I'm open book. I'm like mm-hmm. the Bible. Mm-hmm. So I went to the doctor, consult about a vasectomy. It's the easy. Did you just say you were like the Bible? As in an open book. Oh. Bible's okay. an open book. Anybody can read it. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> you don't get that reference? I get it now. Okay, good. Thank you. You must have. You're a commoner. You're not a highborn. Uh, <laughs> so, poor education. So, I uh, went to the doctor, ch- talked about it, and see what he says. I mean, I, I, he said some good things. I, I think I might do it. You know, uh, it's a big step. You know, I'm, I'm not feeling the. I don't want to feel vote the pain. No, I would love to have a fourth niece or nephew. Yeah, I would love to have a one niece or nephew. How about that? So. Yeah, no. I think you'd be quicker to the draw. That's not happening. So I think I'm going to get it done, though. If anybody's out there want to talk me out of it, I'd love to hear what you have me? to say. Me? I don't you. think you should do it. Except you. You should let God tell you how many kids you should have. Oh, wow. Well, anybody other than Like the biblical my times, siblings, be, be fruitful and prosper. You got says, all this money. And you might as well. Oh, what money? What are you, you talking might about? As you well act like continue we to have there. children. What are you talking about? You got like 15 cars. Wow. You got. <laughs> <laughs> wow. They don't got a gang of cars right. over here. Don't, don't listen to her. They got like 30 pairs of shoes by the door. <laughs> yeah, Imagine like, that's a measure. And it's like 60 people that live here. We share shoes. <laughs> that's what it's like. Because I be just stuffing my feet into my wife's shoes. So I, I'm going to do it. God, if, somebody, if somebody out there can talk me out of it or give me some pros and cons. Please hit me I up. I won't because have any more nieces and nephews. Don't talk I, him I, out of I this, think, y'all. I think I'm going to do it because no. the doctor said it's a good look. You got three kids already? He said, no. yeah, you don't need any more. You ran your course. Don't, who the hell is he to say? The doctor? He, how are you going to tell you you don't need more kids? Why does he know what you need? Well, I, I poured out my feelings to him and, and my I expressed my concerns. Poured out your said, feelings. Now you got poor feelings to pour out about this? 
Well, I told him, I was like, I don't, you know, I got three kids. I don't know if I, I don't think I need any more. Sure you do. And he said, you're not going to hold out for the boy? I said, uh, I think I got to <laughs> Well, I'm not going to say that because I don't want to offend anybody, but one of my daughters might be a little, you know, she might become a little mannish, <laughs> you know? She might do guy things. So. <laughs> I don't even know which child you're talking about, but I, I what know. the hell? I don't know. She's going to listen to this one got, day and be you like... You got like a 20% chance of one of your children out coming out lesbian. You should leave it out there so that 20 years down the line, they're all looking at each other like, well, who the hell was he yeah, talking who about? Who talking about? We all married with, with you know, kids. Well, <laughs> dad, who are you talking about? about? You. Uh, I don't know. You like, you, like, you like basketball a little too much. I'm not going to lie. Well, Ainsley, well, the youngest is like six months, so I'm going to rule her out. Yeah, I'm gonna let, I'm gonna let, I'm gonna create issues for you down the line when they listen to this back. We'll see, we'll see. So, anyways, uh, don't do it. I, 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 I'm probably gonna do it, but well, listen, we think we up we up to a, we up to an hour already. We we really? gonna hold y'all no more. Yeah, we gonna hold y'all no more. We we hit we we kind of changed up the, the script a little this week with the uh, with the big topic. We and missed you so much we couldn't even we debated stay on a little topic. bit on on uh, you know his education system. You, you, yeah, don't get me started. You're amongst, yeah, exactly. You're amongst an academic, so she gets real hot and swole over these topics here. So I had but to. This just, is kind of when we were talking about kind of these conversations of why we thought we wanted to start a podcast. This is kind of why, because as you can see, my brother's a lot more on the meritocratic kind of this is the way it is side of things, and I'm much. I don't more, even know if that's a fair assessment. I don't think. I, don't I think I'm much more on the critical, and this is only on this topic. Because I think that you could bring up another topic where we completely switch. That's true. But I think we tend to be on opposite sides of the table to a certain extent. And he likes to, you know, play devil's advocate. So I'm always down for that. So, yeah, this is just one of those conversations that I think, you know, are interesting to have. Yeah, and we got so many more topics that we could talk about. And it would be a total opposite, like a total flip the script. So, yeah, yeah. You know. But thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. At SiblingSauce.com. On Spotify. Spotify. Uh, uh, Facebook. Apple Podcasts. Apple Podcasts. Google Play. Uh, YouTube. Hit us up. You know, if you got any suggestions, topics, whatever. You give us some feedback, whatever you want. Bye, guys. We'll talk to y'all next week. We'll see y'all later.